0: What a year reunion. I'm David Roush, and I'm Paul C. Fuentes. Excellent, Dave. Halloween's around the corner. It's coming up. Did you know that? I did know that. What do you give out, or do you turn? Are you turn the lights off and hide in the basement, family?
1: No, we we give candy. We give the fun size. We're not the ballers handing out the full size candy bars, even though kids love that. But this isn't about them. This is not <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: I mean, you literally just said the kids love it, but we're not giving them what they love here.
1: You know, we always have extra candy. So, you know, we're typically like doing handfuls right into each one. So maybe you should just skip the handfuls, go for full size and make an impression.
0: See, this is a thing that I I haven't argued this yet, but the thought's been in my mind. Like I say you take as much money that you would normally spend on this fun size. You spend it on full size, okay. maybe even a king size. And then you say, we're giving it out till we're gone. Mm. Number one, you get there early, kid. If you don't come to my house early, that's your fault. And number two, it would be awesome if I ran out of candy. That's true. That never happens. Yeah. That's when I get in trouble (laughs) eating Halloween candy is how much extra we have. So
1: my initial impression was that's kind of unfair to the kids that come to the end. The whole like, we're out, we're out. You want to have candy for everyone. But... If you think about it, you're probably balancing out for the neighborhood because in general, towards the end of the night, when everybody realizes that they've got way too much candy, they start heaping more and more onto the late kids, right? Like, oh no, don't just take one, take five. Here, take the whole bowl. So kids that Mm -hmm. go to the end probably get more anyway. So Mm -hmm. if they happen to get none from you and you give more to the the beginning via the full size, Mm -hmm. maybe you're just balancing out the chocolate a little bit more in the neighborhood.
0: Yeah. And then just turn your light off. Just turn it off. You're done. It's over.
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be the light off person though. Maybe you've got like the small pack of minis that you bring out at the end. Like this—that's your insurance.
0: But then if you don't get to the insurance, you're still—you're—you created the same problem again.
1: So a good way to make sure it all is gone is to put the bowl out on the porch with full size. No, no, no. Oh, towards the end, and then you won't end up with any because someone will empty the bowl into their bag.
0: But you leave your light on, but you have a bowl there. And so you're kind of like saying like, look, I I tried and this is what's what's there. Right. So this is the content you came for. Here we go. Bowl size. Yes. You give that out until you're done. And then at that point, you transition to a bowl with the light on. You put the pathetic sign that says, please take one. And you call it a night. (laughs) So, who did you say we were talking to today? We're, we're talking to Natalie. Something we didn't ask is how she hands out Halloween candy, which we I wish we would have now. But perhaps at the reunion, if you see her there, you can ask her. There you go. So, that's a question you have to ask her at the reunion. But for every other question,
1: it's probably in this interview. So, we should roll it right now.
0: Let's get to it.
1: Natalie, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. So you know the favorite question to start off with is having you describe yourself when you were in high school.
2: Yeah. I was pretty an average high school kid, awkward and very, very shy and quiet. You know, I have curly hair. I always wore it in a ponytail because I didn't know what to do with it. I always wore gym shoes because I didn't like being tall. I, you know, I got good grades, but wasn't in any honors classes. I played some sports, I did soccer, freshman, and sophomore year, and I played tennis all four years, but wasn't like an athlete or very good, I guess. It was more just to have some fun.
1: I think we have that in common. Four years of tennis, but
0: not an athlete. <laughs> like, Yeah. Wait, are you saying tennis players aren't athletes? Hold on. Hold on. You can be. <laughs> I just second.
2: wasn't an athlete.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, you and I, exactly the same there.
0: Right, Dave, don't take, you're an athlete, Dave.
1: I mean, Paul, Paul was good, but so I I cut you off, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to reassure you that it's a common thing, I think, for maybe tennis players, not all, but people like you and me.
0: (laughs) Well, I just want to say, Natalie, if you're on sports teams in (laughs) high school, you're an athlete. By definition. Yeah. Like that is, I think sometimes we want to be like perfect athletes, but like you're an athlete, you're out there, you're trying, like that's. That's the whole thing about athletics, right? You're moving. But
2: I think these are sports that didn't have, like, a tryout process. It was just if you showed up, you were on the team. So I don't know if that still counts.
0: But it totally does. I mean, part of showing up, I, th- I mean, and I just, like, I think this is true in high school, right? Like, showing up is half the battle in terms of putting yourself out there and trying something you may not be totally confident in. You know, like, I was horrible at soccer, but I think going out for a team – is accomplishment in itself so
2: maybe i don't know so am i allowed to reference the other people you guys have interviewed since i've listened to them
1: Ooh, that's a that's a new twist i like it yeah go ahead
2: i listened to your interview with karen newberry and she was complaining about how some people just were out to have fun in soccer and not trying to be athletic and so i just want to clarify i was trying <laughs> just wasn't good <laughs>
1: This is the first rebuttal. I like it.
2: I stopped doing soccer after sophomore year because I realized this isn't going well. I might as well just stop. And so I got a job instead.
0: Thank you for the clarification. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, let's, we'll note that down. <laughs> Natalie was trying.
2: Was trying. Not good. Right.
1: So I cut you off a little bit. I think you had a few other things you were going to say about yourself in high school.
2: I mean, not. I- I was just an average you know, high school kid. I really kept to myself as much as I could. I would say junior high, I was picked on a lot. So my goal in high school is to mm-hmm. not be picked on and so like not stand out. And so that's really what I did. And I think I succeeded.
0: Who were the those you hung out with in high school?
2: So I started high school. I was really good friends with Stacy Johnson. We both came from Albright. And then freshman year of high school, I met Colleen LeBeau. She and I have been friends since. I was friends with like, I guess, Carrie Johnson and Kathleen Clish and through soccer.
0: Yeah. You referenced not having great experiences in middle school being picked on. I think many people can relate to, to that. I don't know your specific story. Can you recall like how you felt going into high school? Like, were you excited or were you like, oh man, there are more people that could technically, you know, "Quote unquote," pick on me or or give me a bad experience.
2: You know, I don't. I don't think I thought of it that term one way or the other. I think I, mean, I probably assumed it would be better because it was a bigger school, more people. Knowing that I was in a small feeder school helped too, because I knew I probably wouldn't see a lot of people again, which mm-hmm. ended up being very true. And then my sister and my my older cousin were also already in the school, so that helped. That as helps
0: well. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, let's call out some names. Who was a jerk? And I'm just joking. We don't have to call out names.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because some of the people who were, you know, we didn't necessarily get along in junior high through Facebook. Like I know everything about them now and they seem like really nice people. So you can't really, I think everyone changes. So don't hold any grudges.
0: That's really great perspective. Are there any events when you think about like Willowbrook that like stick out from your time there? Like
2: I remember, you know, spending New Year's Eve to Y2K New Year's Eve with Colleen and my parents being really freaked out about, oh, I don't know if you should be away from the house, you know, this year. Oh, I ended up just hanging out with Colleen and we had a lot of fun. When I think back to high school, I think of like the fun around and excitement around like the homecoming weekends and playing tennis. I felt like I got to be part of it in, in some small way.
0: I was going to ask who you went to homecoming with. Which year? I'm open. So I didn't go to all of the dances. Yeah, I don't know if I went to all of them either.
2: I went to a homecoming, I know that. Do
0: you remember who you went with?
2: Roger Dooley.
0: Roger Dooley. Roger Dooley. Yes. About that. Okay. Good memory. There you go. Nailed it. Yeah.
2: But I like to go play the football game.
0: Did you go to most of those games?
2: My cousins were on the team, so it was like a family reunion. Every time I went my aunts were there, my grandparents were there. And so it was it was kind of fun. And then I went to a lot of the wrestling meets too. And I actually went downstate for, like, the individual wrestling tournament at U of I, again, because of my cousins.
0: I'm sorry. I'm asking this question. It shows me what I don't know. Who are your cousins? Who's my cousin. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was going to ask the same question.
2: Mike and Rich Binky. Rich Banky, two years older, and oh, Mike Finky, one year younger. Yes. Yeah. I think most Got people it. who may know me may know me as Finky's cousin. A lot of the athletes, that's what they thought my name was.
1: How about teachers? Anybody stand out?
2: So freshman year, I had Ms. Lyons for algebra. And I really, really enjoyed her class. I took algebra in eighth grade. And they had this thing where if you did well enough, you didn't have to take it again in high school. And obviously, I didn't do well enough. So I took it again. And the second time through, it was a lot more fun. A lot easier. (laughs) But I really enjoyed Mrs. Lyons because she, I felt like she focused on just teaching us the material and it wasn't so much like do 100 math problems tonight. It was like do five and if you know what you're doing, you're good.
0: Mm. <laughs> do you remember prom? Our senior year, did you go to prom?
2: I did go to prom. I went with Mike Egan and I remember I really was excited about my dress. It was a pink dress. Then I got my hair done and that was really exciting.
0: You still have your prom dress?
2: No. No, I have no okay, idea where
0: it what, is. I don't know what you do with prom dresses.
2: I don't either. They no longer yeah. exist at my house. <laughs> Assuming me, my parents gave it away.
0: So it was a good time.
2: Yeah, I think so. I don't really don't remember too much about the the dance itself, like good, bad. I'm guessing I didn't dance. I'm not really a dancer, so it was probably just you know being there.
1: What's something from high school that you're proud of? I
2: mean, I feel like I didn't really excel at anything. I was just kind of average on everything. So being done with high school, I'm proud of being done with it, I guess.
1: I don't think you have to be top ranked in your class in any specific thing in order to feel proud of whether it's doing something, accomplishing something, just an interaction, a friendship.
2: No, I think I was just very, I don't want to say self involved, but like I'm very aware of what was going on in my world and not so much what was going on in everyone else's world. So looking back, I sometimes think like I wish I was a better friend. Like I've lost contact with people because I, did absolutely nothing to maintain that friendship, but so I, I don't know. something I would be most proud of.
0: I mean, you're on the tennis team.
2: Tennis team. There you go.
0: All four years.
2: <laughs> All four years. Varsity tennis. So yeah, I think I was like an alternate if there wasn't enough people to play. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's how great I was.
0: You still went to practice. That's oh, important. I, I had
2: so much fun in practice. Yeah. Yeah. Practice was a ton of fun. The girls are really nice. And it was fun
0: coach smith
2: yeah coach smith told me at the end of my senior year of tennis he was like well you've learned an activity that you can enjoy during your the rest of your life <laughs> like basically saying you're not going anywhere with this skill but you can enjoy it <laughs> you,
1: you may not have a uh, scholarship opportunities being thrown at you but yeah. you can play for the rest of your life yeah
2: yeah
1: how about regrets natalie anything that you regret from high school
2: i think i Being so quiet and introverted, I wish I would have come out of my shell a little bit, not been so concerned with what other people thought. And I think I also regret just not really working on building relationships with my friends. So, you know, Colleen's the only person I've stayed in touch with from high school.
1: Okay. And so, is that a more like a post high school regret in terms of long term, or do you feel like you? should have or wish you would have built more and stronger relationships
2: i guess both like when i was in school i i guess that wasn't even a thought process like i just again i was more involved with what i was doing it never really occurred to me that i should try to like maintain these relationships past school you know when you go to school every day it's just easy you just show up and you see them and then when you stop seeing people it takes work and so it wasn't until after school where I was like, oh, I kind of wish I hadn't fallen out of touch with everyone.
1: I think we probably all overestimated the amount of people that we would stay in contact with and stay stay closer with. That just kind of goes by the wayside as, as life and distance and time take effect, right? Yeah. Is there anyone specific that you were close to that you haven't talked to in a long time?
2: I became friends with Maggie Millette in like junior or senior year. We were pretty close. Like, we would hang out a lot after school and weekends, and get into trouble together. And mm-hmm. and then like it just stopped.
1: Let's divert there. What's the most trouble you got into in high school? Uh oh.
2: I didn't get into trouble like at all. Like my parents used to tell me, like, "Oh, are you going out? Okay, good." And it wasn't like come back at this time. It was like just go, just go out, and do something. <laughs> go, um,
0: go out, do something, <laughs> go do something,
1: get in trouble. We don't care. Just get out of the house. Okay.
2: Slightly participated in like TP in the high school for like part of the senior prank. We did senior ditch day. We went to the Cubs game. But yeah, I didn't really do anything too crazy.
0: I mean, I didn't do senior ditch day. I th- I'm impressed, Natalie, it's a thing. You rebelled. I didn't either.
2: You should have done it. It was a lot of fun. I should
0: have. Okay. So as you were exiting high school,
1: what would you say your life goals were?
2: I think senior year, I did a paper on Margaret Burke White, who's a photojournalist. So I thought, hey, that's a really cool job. I'd love to be able to like travel and take pictures and write articles. Like, how much fun would that be?
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: But then I also saw myself as like a, a business person and like pictured myself like walking around downtown Chicago with like my heels on, going to work. So I didn't really have a clear direction of what I wanted. So
1: lacking that clear direction, you graduate. And where do you go from there?
2: My goal senior year was to not go to COD. Because I thought, you know, I I worked hard enough to get a decent GPA. My sister went to COD. I didn't want to follow her. But because I didn't have any clear direction, I couldn't reconcile in my head pain for a four-year college or university while I'm just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I ended up going to COD for two years. I took a Journalism class. Trying, you know, figure out photojournalism was my thing. Photojournalism, yeah. And I liked it, and I was pretty good at it. And then I took photography class, and I was not good at it at all. So I thought, there goes that dream of being a photojournalist.
1: So now it's just down to journalism without the photo part.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, journalism—it was fun, but it wasn't like something I really saw myself doing. Okay. And I was working as a receptionist for a professional company. And they were looking for some help in their accounting department. And so I started out just doing like some of their bank recs while I was sitting at the front desk. And then I thought, hey, maybe I'll take an accounting class. And so I took an accounting class and realized this this makes sense. This is like I enjoy numbers. I enjoy doing this. And algebra. Algebra. is all on this line. It's all on her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is awesome. I decided I'd be an accountant and transferred to... North Central College in Naperville and got my accounting degree.
1: Very cool. Were you living at home?
2: Yeah, so I I chose North Central because it's local and it's small. It was between Elmhurst College and North Central and my sister ended up going to Elmhurst. So I said, okay, I'm not going to follow her again. And I went to uh, (laughs) North Central. I did, though, want the college experience. And so I I dormed the first year and to my junior year, I guess, which is like, I would never recommend somebody do that. If you haven't gone to the school the first two years, don't try to live there the third year. I don't know anything about my roommate. We lived together a year and she was more quiet than I am. It was just, it was really awkward living with her. So the second year I just commuted.
1: Was that disappointing? Like, were you excited to go move out and have this college experience and then it sort of wasn't what you were hoping for?
2: Yeah. It was a little disappointing, but then it was also kind of nice because it costs a lot of money to live at school. And so it was nice my senior year then to kind of have a little bit less student loan debt by living at home and commuting.
1: Okay. So you've got your degree in accounting and then sort of what happens from there?
2: I had a degree, but I didn't have any experience. And so I sent out my resume a lot, had a few interviews, but never got called back. And so... After I think you're like six months until you have to start making those student loan payments. So I was working three jobs trying to find a job in accounting. I was working at a golf course. I worked in the pro shop. I opened the golf course. So I had to be there at five in the morning. And I was late every day because I'm not a morning person.
0: (laughs) Uh, Which golf course was this?
2: Fresh Meadows in Hillside. Okay. So, yes, I did that. And then I still had my high school job of working at GFS. And so I would work there a couple like evenings a week. And then I had a job at a bar Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. So Thursdays, I think I worked all the jobs. So I would work from like 5 in the morning to like 1 in Friday morning.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> I mean, the job at North Beach was a ton of fun. And I think it was really good for me because it forced me to come out of my shell a little bit. Going into it, I was still super quiet and shy and uh, to work in kind of that atmosphere, I had to at least like fake being an extrovert, I guess. And I had to, you know, talk to a lot of people and just, you know, navigate that. And my sister worked there again. I'm following my sister, but she worked there as a bartender. And so and her now husband worked there as security. So it was, it was really a, a positive experience for me having to to Work at the bar for a year or so.
1: So, do you feel like that was kind of a turning point in terms of being more comfortable in situations like that?
2: Definitely. I credit that job as you know, as crazy as that sounds working at a bar, but I credit that for you know, really helping me in my career because being able to, just, to talk to people is a really important part of the interview process and any working experience. It's great, but yeah, so I. Was, I you had know, I graduated like a year prior and I still didn't have an accounting job. The golf course actually led to my first accounting job. I was working in the pro shop and there was an outing that day. And the the food and beverage manager came up to me and was like, hey, the girl who's supposed to work behind the bar for the, the dinner called and sick, can you fill in? And I was like, sure, why not? I, I don't know anything about bartending, but sure. I was working in the tent and... I think I was like pouring a beer and a gentleman started talking with me and he's like, Hey, you look like you're my daughter's age. Are you in college? And I explained that I graduated the year prior. I was looking for a job in accounting. And he was like, Oh, I think we're looking to hire an accountant. And he handed me his business card and he was an executive at this construction company. He's like, send me your resume. And so I did. I ended up leading to my first job in accounting.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Pouring a beer, getting job offers. I like it. That is how it works, right? I mean, the more places you were and the more opportunities you had to run into people or to let situations dictate that you can kind of stumble into a job or the next opportunity. So,
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: So when you started that, did you ramp down the other jobs pretty quickly or were you working four jobs for a while? And how did that <laughs> oh God, how did that progress? So I,
2: no, I so I immediately quit the golf course because that was way too early in the morning. Woohoo! I think I worked multiple jobs until I was like 26. 20- Six twenty-seven. I had a goal to pay off my student loans by the time I was thirty.
0: So yes, you're an accountant. So like you know how much money you had to pay. You know when you're going to pay them by. Like it all kind of made sense in your brain. I don't think everyone is necessarily that way. There's a spreadsheet somewhere, isn't there?
2: Oh, there's that oh They yeah. this all out. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: There is a spreadsheet. I plan. Okay, this is this is how much of an accountant I am. At the beginning of the year, <laughs> I plan my budget for the year. So I know okay. how every single paycheck is going to be spent for the upcoming year and how much I will put into savings and how much I will spend for whatever I need to spend it on. So yeah, that's how much of an accountant I am.
1: <laughs> that sounds incredibly responsible, <laughs> which leads me to my next question. How old would you say you were when you started thinking of yourself as an adult?
2: Probably 35.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, what we're skipping ahead but, but what happened at 35 that made you consider yourself an adult
2: I bought a house so I had like a real responsibility
1: there we go another line item yeah mortgage payment on the spreadsheet but but yeah
2: another line item replaces rent so not not really new but yeah I think part of that was because from like my first job in accounting up until I was 35 not much was really going on in my life. I was really just like focused on paying off my student loan, saving money to buy a house and, you know, trying to learn more and progress in my career. I switched companies a few times, but it was always the same thing. I was always in the construction industry, always working for general contractors who do work in Chicago. So that's probably why it wasn't until things changed that I felt like an adult. That's
0: a super interesting question because it sounds like you were doing adult things in my mind before 35. Yeah. Like you were responsible. Like you said, I got this accounting job that I want, but still I need these other jobs to take care of these student loans, which some people don't. They're like, well, you know, I'll get a job and I'll just take care of it, right? Like that's what the money's for. I'll eventually play it off. And you had a plan. So it sounds like you had some adult things before 35. I'm just going to say that.
2: So in some aspects, yes. Yeah, but then in others, like... I'm not a good cook. Like, I can't cook anything on my own. So, like, the home front, like, I'm very much, like, a kid still. My family still thinks of me, I think, kind of, like, as a kid. I'm the only one of my generation who still gets a gift from Santa at Christmas time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did Santa get for you last year?
2: I think it was, like, something to put in my purse so that I wouldn't lose my keys. I mean, they're little gifts, but...
0: Oh Nothing come big. on, Santa!
2: But I still get it's from Santa. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: that's not the Santa I know. Santa needs to be shelling out a little bit more cash there. <laughs> Dave's very sensitive around Santa talk. <laughs> very true. I thought you were going to spill
1: the beans about Santa, and so I wanted to quick cut us off before before that happened. <laughs>
2: Before I ruined people's childhood fantasies. Exactly. But yeah, I would say, you know, three years ago, you know, I started feeling like an adult because a lot of things changed for me. In February, I bought a house, which was really exciting. The house that I bought is across the street and like three houses down from the house I grew up in. So... Oh, wow. My driveway now is the driveway I used to stand in to catch the bus, like kindergarten through fourth grade.
1: Oh, wow. Do kids now stand in your driveway?
2: They do. Yeah. Full circle.
1: Full circle.
2: (laughs) Then July, I started a new job. Still in construction, but it's an international construction company, which was... Oh, wow. ...really took me out of my comfort zone because I've never had to deal with that before. But they're headquartered in Lombard. And so I really like the four-mile commute that I have. And the CFO is a woman... Who is really well known in the construction financial industry, I guess, and somebody who I you know really wanted to work for and had the opportunity to have her mentor me. And in October of that year, we got to travel to Istanbul, Turkey, for a week to work there. And so, you know, I always wanted to travel, hence why I wanted to be a photojournalist.
0: <laughs> wow, I'm sure, you took some great photos.
2: And then. Uh, couple months later, in like beginning of 2019, they were like, hey, our job in Berlin, Germany is having some financial problems. Can you go and just like help us figure out how do we make sure these don't continue to happen? It'll be like anywhere from like a week to three months. And I was like, sure. So, you know, you got to plan for the three months because who knows how long you're going to be there for. And so, right. And I ended up staying in Germany for 86 days. Wow. And that was a really cool experience because I got to like live there. I got a little studio apartment and took the train to work every day.
1: When you got there, did you get a sense like, okay, this is not going to be one week. I need to get settled.
2: So after the first week, they were like, okay, it's going to be more than a week. Start finding an apartment because I was living in a hotel room. And so then I started looking for an apartment, but it still wasn't sure how long I knew it wasn't going to be more than three months because I didn't have a visa, so I couldn't stay longer than three months. The country was going to kick me out every month. Like when it was time to pay for the the rent, it would I'd ask the question: Do I need to give notice? Am I coming home soon? <sighs> it was a little a little bit difficult, but it was it was just so much fun. I mean, I took full advantage of being in Europe, and I I went traveling on the weekends and got to see a lot of really cool stuff.
1: Where's some of the places that you went?
2: So I got there in March. My mom was really upset that I wasn't going to be home for Easter. My mom's 100% Polish. And I was like, we'll go to Poland. I will take you to Poland. Come to Germany, visit me. I'll take you to Poland for Easter. And so that's what we did.
1: That's super cool.
2: And it was just really cool to experience that with my mom too. And then after she left, it was you know like a week or two till my birthday. And I was like, what am I going to do for my birthday? So I went to Rome for the weekend.
1: Nothing like the work paid trips, paying for your travel. It's a beautiful thing.
2: Well, it is. I mean, yeah, they paid for me to be there. They paid for my rent. And then I got a per diem, and I used that entire per diem to explore. So it was great.
0: <laughs> how did you handle food while you're out there? Or is that where you learned to cook?
2: <laughs> no, I definitely did not learn how to cook in Germany because I don't grocery shop that much in the States. But now going to the grocery store in Germany when I can't read any of the labels, and it's not the same brands that I'm used to. So like I had to stick to things that like I could recognize just by seeing it. And they are like frozen pizzas and
1: that's what the Germans are known for, their frozen pizzas. So that's that's great. <laughs> cool. So you came back. Anything big happened between then and now?
2: Also in 2019, I adopted my dog Lola. 2020 COVID hit, so I got to spend a lot of time with her. And
0: what kind of dog is
2: Lola? Pitbull Rescue. Mm. I wasn't looking specifically for any type of specific dog. I was just I went on like pet and I saw her picture and I was like, oh, that dog is really cute. I think I'm like, I love her. And I was like, no, I don't know if I'm responsible enough to have a dog.
1: You're an adult now, though. You're responsible enough.
2: I know, but like that felt like a really big responsibility being in charge of a living thing. And so, you know, a couple of weeks later, I looked again and I, again, I came across her picture. I'm like, you know what? What harm is it going to do if I just like do an inquiry or something? And so I, I did that. And then, you know, it's a really like, Adopting a dog is a huge process. Like I had to fill out an application, they had to call my friends, they called my boss, they had to come and do like a home inspection and all of this before I even met the dog. And so oh, wow. by the time I met her, wow. I was like, I'm committed. Like, I hope I like her. And I met her and I was like, Oh, I love this dog. And so she's been been my best friend ever since. <laughs> my best dog friend ever since. Wow.
0: Those kids get too rowdy at the end of your driveway, just let Lola out and give her <laughs> let her bark a little bit. There we go. There we yeah. go traumatized some poor kids waiting for a bus. All right. We got a few
1: questions to pull it all together here. Okay. If you can go back to your freshman self, trying to hide and just blend in as much as possible, what advice would you give her?
2: To not be so shy and like come on your shell and have fun. You know, it's okay to not always follow the rules. I'm still very much a rule follower, but... It's more fun when you don't necessarily follow them all the time. But yeah, just to you know have fun and lighten up a bit, I think, would be my advice to myself.
1: I like it. Is there something right now that you're actively trying to improve in your life?
2: I'm actively trying to improve my leadership and mentoring skills. I'm in a program at work on uh, leadership, just really understanding more about like who I am and how that impacts my ability to lead others. And then I'm also on a, a board of an organization and we're trying to put together like a young professionals group. And so I would like to just really help mentor younger professionals and help them succeed in their careers. And, but I'm actively, I think, working on thinking for more than just myself.
0: What's something you've learned in this leadership program so far?
2: One of the interesting things was they had us like go through and like really identify like what you value. Like, if somebody says, like, what do you value? Like, the first thing is like, well, I know what I value and what I don't value. But to like actually have to like pick your top two or three values, like, it gets really hard when you're like narrowing it down. You know, the top 15 was easy. And then, right. you know, at the top three, it's like, well, what do I get rid of at this point? Yeah. And so, one of the things I learned is that I really value dependability. So, if I say I'm going to do something, I will do it. But I also, expect others to do the same and I realized that not everyone values that as much as I do and so that was kind of eye-opening was like it used to frustrate me so much if somebody said I'll get this to you by Thursday and Friday morning I still don't have it and so just kind of realizing that okay that's something that I value really highly that most people probably don't and so I need to like deal with that
0: that's cool thanks for sharing that what do you think your 18 year old self would think of your current self?
2: I'm pretty impressed, like, especially with some of the travel that I've got to do. At 18, I was thinking I'd love to travel, but I didn't know how I was going to make that work. So now I've done some of that. So I think I'd be really impressed with that. I think I'd be surprised that I live in Villa Park and not like in downtown Chicago or something, and that I have a house. I think I'd be surprised about that as well. But overall, I think I'd be, you know, happy and impressed.
0: If you told your 18 year old self that you're an accountant. What do you think your 18 year old self would be like? Sweet, nice, an accountant. I love that. Or do you be like, wait, Uh, what?
2: Accounting never crossed my mind. Like I knew I liked numbers and I liked math, but I never realized that that was like an option. So I think I'd be surprised for sure. It'd be like, what does that entail?
0: You know, high school does some great things, but one thing it struggles often with is like setting you up, like understanding what you could possibly do as a career path, right? Like accounting never crossed your mind, but like as you had an experience with it, you're like, this fits so many, checks so many of the boxes. Like I love this, but like you never, like I said, never crossed your mind. You didn't have any experience with it in high school. So you wouldn't, you would never even know about it.
2: Yeah. And I think part of that too, is like my parents barely graduated high school. And so like my dad worked his way up working for a utility in Chicago. My mom was a cashier at Dominic's. And so like the professional life like i didn't really have much insight into what that entailed i was very naive as to what my options were i would say
1: it's tough though i mean there's a million potential jobs out there
0: true absolutely no i'm (laughs) not trying to like rag willowbrook high school i just
2: well no but i think that's why there's so many teachers everyone knows that teaching's an option because that's all they've been exposed to
1: the most common jobs you think of or if you ask a kid right it's like firefighter police officer teacher doctor lawyer you know there's there's kind of like the really well-known big categories, but then there's a whole bunch of smaller ones that just don't get mentioned. And millions and millions of people do all these these other jobs that need to get done.
2: Yeah.
0: What's one thing you've discovered that makes you happier?
2: I think spending time with my family. I really realized, especially those last years, how much I depend on family, but also like how happy they make me, and just learning that like I don't have to do it all on my own. I used to think like okay if I'm gonna go and you know get it move out of my parents house and get an apartment I, I can't go back and ask for help I need to just figure it out you know there were some times I was I had an apartment in in Chicago and it was way too expensive I should never have lived there and I remember like not having money to put gas in my car and only having enough gas to get to work the following week when my parents found that out more recently they're like why didn't you tell us we would have given you money because it was to the point where like, I didn't have food, but luckily I was dating a guy who would come visit me and take me like to dinner or something. So that worked out well. But my mom was just like, why didn't you tell us we would have given you money. And it's like, no, I need to do myself. But I've learned that I don't have to do it all by myself.
1: Yeah. Is there anything since high school that you feel like you've changed your stance, belief perspective on? I
2: think I, Definitely gained a lot of empathy for other people. You know, in high school, it was always just like, well, if I can do this, why can't you do this? And then I realized that, you know, people have different life circumstances that make something that may be easy for me really difficult for them, or vice versa. And so I think that's probably one of the biggest changes is just having more empathy for other people. That's
1: good. What would you say the toughest thing that you had to do in your 20s was?
2: So in my twenties, I was engaged and I think ending in that was the toughest thing that I had to do.
1: Oh, wow. So you cut
2: that off? I did. I didn't want to, but something wasn't right. And like to this day, I couldn't tell you why, but like something wasn't right. So I, mean, I cut it off and it was really, really a hard thing for me.
1: Yeah. Wow. How long were you together before that?
2: Two years. Like the year after I graduated, so like I was transitioning from having fun and working at a bar to like a professional career. He had just gotten out of the army and had you know done a tour in Iraq.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, I think it was mostly just timing. You know, we started; we were both in that kind of like fun, carefree stage. But then I was making that shift, and and he was you know still trying to be carefree.
1: Do you remember? Having to have the conversation.
2: Oh, vividly,
0: <laughs> vividly. Whoa, yeah,
2: vividly. I remember that conversation for sure.
0: How does it make you feel when you think about it?
2: I mean, it's it's soft. It really sucked, Yeah,
0: mm.
2: yeah. It was hard for sure. I'm
0: so sorry, Natalie. Once again, you said you were an adult till 35, but like, <laughs> I'm just gonna. Say, I mean, I'm just gonna say it. Like, Natalie. Like, seriously, making a decision like that. <laughs> That's being an adult because if you're engaged and there's just an expectation that marriage will follow, and you have the sense, like, look, things aren't lining up. This isn't good for either one of us, right? Because we're on two different paths. That's an adult conversation. There are people that are our age and older that don't want to have that conversation because it's not fun. So I don't mean to burst your bubble or speak against you, but I think <laughs> you're an adult before 35.
1: I would agree. That takes a lot of guts because. Once the wheels are in motion, you've got a lot of momentum moving that direction. And so to be able to make the decision and then do what you had to do, probably a good move. Anything you wanted to cover or talk about that
2: hasn't come up? I feel like we covered everything. I mean, I, I didn't really think I'd be that interesting to keep you guys going this long. So I don't really have anything else. I mean, that's my whole life
1: <laughs> that is it that's it. well you were engaged and we didn't find that out till 60 seconds ago so i'm just thinking like what else did we <laughs> <you> miss here
2: <laughs> you asked the right question i don't
1: know <laughs> natalie thank you so much for agreeing hanging out and answering all of our our questions i had fun yeah this has been awesome
2: yeah, thank you guys very much i appreciate this and i can't wait to hear the rest of all your interviews